Yo. Yo. How are you? All right. How are you? Yeah, superb. Superb. Good morning. Well, I didn't get up till about half past 12, so yeah, not Did bad. You? Yeah, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. I, I, this is this is a completely off topic, but I'm someone who really struggles to sleep. I don't sleep. I don't sleep very well. So like I normally like if I've got uni at nine in the morning, I normally don't doze off till about five, five thirty. Then I get up for nine and then I just do my day. That, that'll do me. Yeah, I really I really struggle to sleep. This is incredible news to bring onto my new football club. So when I do get to sleep and I've got nothing to wake up for, I end up sleeping until about you know, twelve thirty. If I've got nothing on, so you didn't go to bed until five last night. Well, I went to bed at about like twelve, but I can't sleep, so I just sort of put, put something on the telly, and then till I fall asleep naturally. Shit. Yeah, I've, I've, I've. Well, to be fair, not always, but like ever since I've moved away, I've always struggled to sleep. I don't know why. It's weird. Right. Fun fact to everyone listening to my new football club. I, I, uh, I try. I tried everything. So like, I, I, I'm a big. Well, I don't want to take any like tablets or anything to get to sleep. That's not my no my way. But yeah, there's a new device out which I'm really interested in trying. It's, I don't know if anyone's heard of it, but it's called a Whoop device. It's like a little wristband, and there's like a there's like a sleeping coach on it, but it's really expensive. It's about four hundred quid. What does it do? Well, it does everything. So it's just a wristband that you never take off your wrist. You could literally wear it for the rest of your life on your wrist. And it like tracks everything, your stress levels, what you're eating, how many calories you're burning, the quality of sleep. It's called Whoop, W-H-O-O-P, Whoop device. Oh, yeah. Personal digital fitness and healthcare. And it's recommended, is it? Uh, well, I've just, I've done, a, I've done quite a bit of research on it because obviously I want to sleep earlier because yeah. it's obviously doing every day on three hours sleep is not ideal. Um, God, you must feel like a zombie all the time. No, I'm, to, to be fair, I'm all right. I'm lucky. I obviously don't need loads and loads yeah, of sleep, but like, yeah. I could feel myself at the end of the day get like tired, like extremely tired, but still not being able to sleep. That's when it's the worst. Mm. When you want to sleep, but you, you can't. But it's all right. You, I'll get through it. Well, coincidentally, today's sleep expert, um, Sir Peter. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Sir, Sir Peter. <laughs> uh, no, not really. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but today we have. Giles Ashman yeah. on Exeter City Fat. Do you know Giles? Yeah, I we sort of know each other. I think I don't. It'd be interesting to see. I know of Giles because he's been around the and whenever I've been in in board in the boardroom at the club, and he's always doing hospitality, and he's like really well known around the club. But whether he'll know me so well, I don't know. So interesting to see if he blanks you. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> see, we'll see. <laughs> you might have to pose the question: Do you know John? Okay, well, let's invite Giles on. Hello. Oh, hello. Is that better? Yeah, we can hear you better. Can you hear us better? Yeah, I just about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah, probably good enough to go. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> if I say repeat the question, it'll be because I can't hear you very well. <laughs> it's going to be a three-hour pod. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Joel's yeah, no, very good. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you? Well, I am up in the tower at Exeter School. So I went to went to Exeter School, and um, I still work here, do little bits and pieces. But I'm up in the tower at the top of the tower. So I used to stumble to out here school, when Joel. I was a boarder, and um, used to go to matches on a Saturday from here. So. What school did you go to, John? Do you know Exeter? Exeter? School. Well, you went there, John. 
No, I didn't go to Exeter school. I went to oh. uh, well, I went to quite a few different schools. I went to prim- Exeter Primary School, Dawlish Community College, and then Exeter College. Okay. Dawlish Community College, Exeter College. I got that right. What sort of what what do you do at the school? Um, I, the mo- I, I taught here for twenty four years as a sort of well, I was a primary school teacher, but I also ran um, ran the junior school games and ran first team football. So. Oh. Um, and then I retired in after COVID, but stayed on to run the football. And I do some cricket umpiring as well. So, ooh, lovely! Yeah, are you tasty? Actually, living the dream at the moment. I just rock up when I feel like it. So, are you a tasty footballer, or were you? No, 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 no. Just no, t- um, yeah, it, it's more more of a do as I say, not as I do as I do. So, right. What about cricket? Are you tasty? Yeah, cricket, I love my cricket. So, um, I'm also. Um, so I, I talk cricket here. I played a bit of minor club cricket. And then um, uh, I'm now chairman of Alfington and Countersphere, which is about 100 yards from my home. So um, oh, lovely. no excuse for driving home. Yeah. And you've been supporting... Is it right you work in hospitality, Exeter? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'd always say, say, well, what, what's your link with the club? I'd say, well, number one, I'm a fan. I'm a season ticket holder. So that's number one. Number two... Um, I've been the match day host for uh, since 2006, March 2006. I upstairs chat to the players after the game, post match presentations, interview them before the game. What um, every week? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not yeah. Heritage Lounge? No, in the um, so I'll, I do it in the trust suite. Okay. And then I take the player into the Heritage Lounge as well. So. Um, oh, this is right up my straw. So. Yeah, so really good fun. Um, do that before the game. And, but what it means is, because there was a job, wasn't there, for the um, match day announcements. I said, well, why don't you go for that? I said, well, because during the game, you can't be a fan when you're doing that, can you? So I can sit in my seat in my suit in front of the, the visiting directors and um, most of the time try and behave myself. What's the job? What's the job entail? What do you do? Each well, I get, so on a match day, I'll get there at uh say half one and then i'll um welcome the rgb legends lounge so that's where the match sponsors go welcome to the game you know nice to have you with us tell them about the 50 50 tell them about our winner takes all competition which we do where they stick in a pound they predict the score of the game in the first instance then what sorry giles what's the rgb legends lounge the rgb legends lounge is in the where the main trust suite is it's an, another suite in the corner it used to be called the courtney lounge and it um or yeah courtney rooms i think it used to be called and um, that's where the match sponsors go so the people who pay the big bucks so the match sponsors match ball sponsors now they've got a program sponsor up there so and then Johnny. i'll meet a player at quarter to two in the in the boardroom and then i'll do an interview with a player in the rgb legends lounge in the trust suite and then in the um in the heritage and then because right, when i went to the heritage lounge julian tag did the did the yeah, chat did he, did he interview the um he would have interviewed the, the, the gary colwell wouldn't he no it was sam nombe at the time well how long ago was that uh, a year or so ago i don't yeah, get invited anymore. <laughs> so i now do the player in there as well and he just yeah he just that's the major. So it's quite nice. So I get all my kind of work done before um, he interviews the manager so I can listen to that and then start thinking about st- 
shuffling across to my seat. I, John, I've been are in you the aware suite. of the RGB Legends Lounge? Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it. I've been I've been in the trust uh, suite quite a few times when Giles has interviewed players or, or whoever comes up. It's really uh, very entertaining. It's it's great. It's really good. Uh, if I can't get it right after 16 years, I probably should have <laughs> packed up a long time ago. So yeah, no, I just enjoy it. it you know, it, 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 it's it's interesting because um, I park my car up by um, just off Union Road up by Merrifield Avenue, and and so. You know, the like Matt Dawson's personal commercial department said, Well, how early do you need to know the name of the player? And I go, Oh, just as long as I know Saturday morning, I'll walk down and it'll just all be in my head. You know, I don't do that because you, you just respond to the games you go to. What player did you have to interview on Saturday? So we must be one of the only clubs that has um, that, that actually interviews current players before a game, which makes our club different from anyone else, really. So um, you know, you, you'll go to. I've been to other grounds, so I went to for hospitality at Port Vale this year, and I was just having a chat with someone outside for a minute and missed the player interview because it was like, uh, this is so and so, one question gone, you know. Whereas we'll literally have them for, well, best part of 40 minutes. Oh. And the players, to be fair to the players, I think they get what sort of club we are, you know. So it's like, it's, it's part of the deal, you know, and you establish a relationship with the players, and yeah, it's good. Who did you have Saturday? Uh, so who do I have Saturday? I had Gary Woods on Monday, Sunday, wasn't it? Gary Woods. Sunday, yeah. Uh, right. Um, so then, the, are they never actually playing? They might be injured or they're... No, so that's why... Some, so Andy Gillard, or, or, or the club secretary, will sort of let me know who, who it is, you know, um, as and when he knows. And it will depend on who's available, you know, with the, who's fit, who's not fit. You know, we've, we've had a couple of last-minute calls. I mean, to be fair... We had a first ever this year because they were trying to plug sales for the Barnsley game, that which um, would have been a Tuesday night, and then that was a game that was iced off, you know, because the because the, the the weather. And so we had the two Tuesdays we had Gary Colwell, which is a fantastic. So we actually to get a manager to do, you know, two sweet. Well, no, I think he just did. He, we did extended interview in the trust suite, and then we did him in the old. I think I did in the Heritage for that, the Shrewsbury game and the Barnsley game. And um, yeah, yeah, that was to, to get the manager before the game is that says a lot about him, actually. Yeah. Is there anyone over the years that you've interviewed in the trust lounge or anywhere that you've thought, oh, they don't want to do this or you can tell yeah. they've been no, giving you nothing? It's interesting, actually, because um, I think the players do sort of buy into it. I mean, I'm, I remember, I mean, sort of you get one or two might have been reluctant on their First one, you know, I think Jake Caprice, um, actually Jake Caprice, to be fair to him, was a lot better before a game than after. He's very sort of, if particularly if they've lost, he's quite introvert after a game. But I mean, we had great fun with people like um, Clinton Morrison was great value. You know, he, he used to cause havoc up there. But um, yeah, he was really good. Um, but the players, you know, it, and I'll tell you what's interesting is it's that you, you can tell a lot about the young players. So yeah, you get like, there's people like Sonny Cox and people like that it's often their first experience of sort of medium work media work and you know they sort of it, it's part of their growing experience um or their development experience so yeah it is um yeah it's good fun you get good rapport with the player I think the, the, the thing you've got to be careful of is um you just got to be very mindful that you don't want to do anything that means that they'll then say to the next bloke oh it, you know He's, he, he asks some sort of questions which are difficult to answer. You've got to be very mindful of the sort of style of question that you do, whereas 
Taggy can get away with being a bit looser down in the heritage. You He's know? cheeky, but, um, isn't he, Taggy? He's cheek, quite a cheeky man. Yeah. So, um, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, the number of, I, mean, I remember the, the kind of highlight, I guess, of the whole thing was after the um, game against Barrow last year. And I, I can't, one of the players came up and he sort of said, this is when we've done all our post-match stuff. He said, oh, you know, come down to the heritage and all the, all the players were there in the heritage having a drink after promotion had been sealed. And, um, you know, having a drink with the players was, uh, yeah, it was really special. I want to get to that point where I'm having a little... I, I was in the Heritage Lounge that day. I was in the Heritage Lounge. Having a drink with them? Yeah, with my dad, my brother. Oh. It's a great night, wasn't it? Yeah, what... Well, Unbelievable um, night. The best night. That's probably the best night of my life, I would say. Let's go as far as saying that, yeah. It was um, so good. So good. Everyone was so relaxed. We'd done the job. All the players were happy. You know, I mean, even Alex Hartridge came up to me and said, I, I love David's song. <laughs> was that the night? That was, that I think was it was night. also that night it he was, was about was what comes before. So, you know, you were kind of having flashbacks of the horrendous days at Wembley when you go up with so much hope and it gets, you know, blasted back in your face. And you kind of just to, to get over the line was fantastic. Are you nervous with the players, Jocks? When I, no, I met, really. I met them on no, Sunday, I mean, and um, you're nervous I, when you sort of you, you if you walk in because this year it's been absolutely rammed up there as well. You know, I remember days where you had like thirty people, and it's sort of a you know a very small kind of rotary luncheon kind of thing up there. In the you know, what was that? Club. What no one was into the club. Well, then there? you had like thirty guests up there. You still, you you were still actually doing it, but you had thirty guests. Was now you've got like one hundred and twenty. So wow. Yeah, and then in Heritage is 130 plus, so and it's rammed every game. I think what what happened was um, I had a phone call because I've known Taggy for a long, long time, and he he rang me up one day in March. He said, oh, "I've got a little job for you." Said, What's that then, Taggy? He said, "Oh yeah, I want to do this hosting up in the." I think it was something that he'd seen at, up at the rugby club. So they they do Chris Bentley's done it, and other people have done it up there. So um, yeah, it's. Um, and then it just started in 2006 and however many years we are, 17 years later, we 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 sort of crack on. But, you know, I, I've always said, and I don't think, you know, it, it would be wrong for it to ever happen. But I think if the club ever said, oh, you know, you've been doing this job, I think we'll we'll sort of get, you know, you we'll get you a season ticket or some of like that. I point blank refuse because... A, it goes against the ethos of a, of a, of a trust-run club where volunteers save the club money. And B, you know, if I get it, person who clears the terraces should get it. This person should get it. That person should get it. So, you know, I've always said, you know, no, 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 whatever. Don't ever give me anything. I just, it's the pleasure of being up here on a match day. Yeah. And not missing the football. Yeah, so you get to watch that. I'm oh, sorry, I was just thinking, I think I'll take the freebie. But, but but you get to watch each match, do you? you get yeah, yeah, so I've done my Hoppers 2. So Hoppers 2, get right. to see, watch the game. Then I go back after the game um, to do the post-match presentation. So, you know, the, so you plug the right. match sponsor and the match ball sponsor. And then we, you know, so you have a, and then you interview the player after the game. So we've had, this year has been a bit of a first where I've gone a bit loose actually, and we've done a bit of a couple of sing songs for Stano when he's been up there with his family. Ooh. So, little what, everyone in the room singing and all that sort of stuff. I've started that off in the in the trust suite, which uh, they've loved. They've not loved my singing so much, but it's been good fun because you know his family are up there. He's he's part of the fixtures and fittings of the place, so it kind of 
seemed God. appropriate to, to 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 kind of get very excited when he was man of the match. John, do you not miss this world? I felt like you were really in it last year. Now, yeah, um, I do. I miss it to a certain degree. I mean, obviously, like watching Giles and watching everybody all the all, all like the hospitality has run so well now at ecstasy it's so good it all smooth it's all smooth the food's great the entertainment's great it's all brilliant but i de- i i think i didn't realize how much i missed being in the stands and and being with the fans i, I love it i don't think i would i may, may go back for a one off but i wouldn't want to go there every game now nice to have the option yeah yeah i don't think i've got the option anymore but yeah yeah so if you not why did you have the option last year um well, what was the situation? Well, last year was my first year off after become, like becoming a trustee. So I was still sort of involved doing little, little bits and bobs. And I just had the, like, you know, there was a few times where there was guest spaces and I just had the opportunity to go. But yeah, right now right. that it's all busy and there's people there all the time, it's a bit more difficult. But it's good. That's, that shows that the club's doing well. So it's, it's a good thing. Which is why I guess... Um... That's why I love going to the away games, you know, because then literally, you know, you, I mean, you know, again, highlight this year, you know, I was, I was up at Wednesday and Stano comes in and he's sort of two rows behind me, you know, and then yeah. watching the game with a, with one of your players, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, that's nice. Um, so yeah, that's what, uh, you're right. On a home match, at least in, in the job that I do during the game, I can still be a fan. You might be wearing a shirt and tie, but you can still be a fan. And in a way you can just, you know, you just are a fan, you know. I've had some fantastic memories though, at like at that, like doing all those sort of corporate things. I remember when we played Hartlepool in the FA Cup. Jeff Stelling came down, and I was sat on the table with him having yeah, dinner. Yeah. I was so like all those, all those like. Please Disney go things. back in there, John. Please. <laughs> no, no, no. I, that, yeah, I think please. those days are, are past me. But that, no. that's just one memory that I'll be able to tell whoever in the years to come. You know, no, sat, go back in there. Jeff Stelling sat opposite me having dinner, and we spoke, and it was like brilliant because he sort of like got my dream job. So, yeah, it was cool. Went up there, do you remember um, when we played? Come here, it was. I think it was um, Milton Keynes. Might I'm not sure if it was Milton, but I remember Ben Bradshaw came with 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 that lady that Sven went out of. The Italian lady was sat actually in the really? back of the room. What's her name again? Um, yeah, I remember her. Yeah, black hair. She was in the press all the time. Yeah, um, yeah, she was there. Delia came down and actually sampled the food. That was good value when Norwich were here in 2009. That was good fun. Wow. She actually thought the food was good, which is quite, 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 you know, quite, quite a reasonable endorsement. And it's when Delia comes down and says, oh, your, your match day hospitality is not too bad. Who, who's the, who, has there been anyone that's been in there, Giles, that sort of like starstruck you? Anybody? Nancy. Nancy. Nancy Delolio. That's it. There Nancy we DeLolio. go. Wallet. Um, yeah, I suppose her, yeah, Jeff, her, um, Delia, um, Pete Winkleman, I think, was in there. Not that, you know, but he, he was there as a chairman of MK Dons. Um, you don't tend to, I think what it was back then was, of course, you used to have the, the directors used to sit in the, um, in the trust suite, whereas now they're, you know, they've extended the boardroom, so they all yeah. sit in the boardroom. So you don't tend to see as many, you know, in the in the trust suite anymore. I remember one one fellow who came in, Jasper Carrot, came in one time. And I didn't know who he was, but then I got a nice history lesson. Yeah, yeah I think that rings a bell. Yeah. Sol Campbell rocked up just out the blue one day as well. Um, 
Yeah, you must get a lot of ex like managers or ex managers that come in doing sort of scouting and things like that as well because they'll they'll yeah, be doing well, hospitals. Well, it was so in the boardroom, you meet people. Um, yeah. I yeah, I just tend to wander in and start chatting to them because the the access to their heritage is through the boardroom. But I'll tell you, it was interesting. Was you know, I mean, we've all not been great fans of Danny Cowley over the years, but as a bloke to talk to, what a really nice bloke he was. You know, really appreciative. Oh, thanks for your help and this, that, and the other. And I had a really good chat again at the Barnsley game with um, Nigel Pearson, who came down with Brian wow. Tinian from Bristol City. So yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting when you speak to those those sort of characters. Giles, I went to. Man United hospitality two weeks ago. If you're interested, don't think you are. Not interested. So he was. He was that you say? I went. I went to Man United's hospitality two weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, I felt a million dollars. Uh, there's an interesting little series of um, videos called the padded seat. Have you ever seen those? If you go and see the padded seat, if you, I don't know if it's on YouTube or something, and there's these blokes and they experience different padded hospitality seat. around the country. It's really, yeah. really interesting. Oh, yeah. I've seen that, and actually, yeah. The, the ones for the best value are places like Notts County and places like that. We get really looked after. Food's good and you're not paying 500 quid. Yeah. i tell you what I did like which I thought Exeter should do. Just an idea. As we walked out to the uh, seats, there's a little lady who gave us a bag of boiled sweets. Oh, really? That was a nice touch. That's a nice touch, isn't it? David just wants free sweets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's lovely. I bloody loved it. Am I right in saying that you used to go with your dad to Exeter? And you yeah, still so, pay for his. Um, I know you've come about our club in a you know in a in a slightly different way, but I, I've always said you know you don't choose your football club; it's bestowed upon you. So oh, really, so my dad took me on the eighth of September, nineteen seventy three, v Workington. So there's a bit of history for you. One or draw. It sat in the old grandstand, and. Um, Funny enough, that was a year actually because it, it cropped up re recently. And um, remember when Overchurch had a little cup run last year or the year before, and they beat a couple of league sides on the way. I think they beat um, they beat Forest Green, I think, didn't they? Overchurch, but that was a year we lost at home to Overchurch. It was like the, the first time that they'd beaten a league club since they beat us in 1973 so yeah so those are the days when we we were sort of losing to teams in the midland premier league in the fa cup so happy right. days so giles going back to you choose your team when with what i'm doing do you do you kind of sit there going nah nah you can't truly support extra because in a way, this has been a little bit of an experiment to see if you really can support another side. Which is the idea to you just... Um, no, no, I think, I mean, as as the world changes and people have got access to teams more, you know, I mean, I think there is an opportunity for people to, um, you know, there are more options. But I think uh, all I would say is I'm glad that I didn't choose my team. You know, yeah, because but I mean it, it's a bit of a weird. But I think because um, 
I was born in the city. My dad, funnily enough, he used to, originally was a Bristol Rovers fan. He lived in Somerset. Then he came down to um, St. Luke's to do his teacher training. And that's how he started supporting. Your dad's proof. So he took me from the age of four yeah. or five. And that's the end of the story, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am genuinely now jumping up from a seat and going and cheering when we score. But I think, that, but, but that's what, I mean, I was looking at, you know, um, some of the questions that were sent to me. It's like, you know, an advice, you, you talked about a bit of advice to people who support lower league clubs. And it really is. It's about just enjoying the live, ex, enjoying the live experience and going, you know, just enjoying the ride. Mm. Because at the end of the day, we go to these games because, you know, I don't buy all this rubbish. Oh, we go to have a good day out of our mates. Yeah, that's part of it, you know. But ultimately, you are going to watch your club play and you just embrace whatever comes in front of you because it's it's live, you know. It's no, there's no screens. Yeah. It's yeah. live. Nothing. Mm. I, I, did, I mean, I'm, you know, I do have a bit of a thing about the, the, the Premier League being sort of franchise football for tourists, really. You know, all these things, people sat at home on their on their armchairs with their sky remotes getting very passionate and excited. I'm like thinking, well, you have to go, you know, you, you only really get it properly when you, you're there with the people around you. It's live. So I think it's, it's embrace the live experience, whether you support, you know, Yeovil, whether you support Exeter City, Western Supermare, whoever it is, just enjoy the live experience. And also, I mean, I, I don't know what happens in the Premier League when you go and watch it live. Me and my boy, we stood by the side of the pitch after the game on Sunday getting selfies and autographs, meeting all the players and the manager. And, and they were there for an hour and a half, some yeah. of the players are. Yeah, it, it was a really, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's what makes us, I think what, and this is what I love about the present manager is that, He's probably the, the first manager I've ever known who's done so much research on the club. You know, he's actually done his homework. He was attracted to apply by the prospects. So you've got a situation, you've got a manager at the club who wasn't someone who was approached and goes, well, I'll come and work for you, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You do this and you mm. he, he actually did his homework, looked into the project and thought, that's something that stimulates me as a football person. Yeah, so I think that's what I really like about him, you know, his ability to embrace the club. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think everyone's been like really impressed with how much he's like sort of, I mean, he even like, even learned sort of like the coat of arms that's on our badge, what it means, yeah. all of this stuff. He took, he did so many different things. And I mean, I think ultimately that's what probably got him the job because I think everyone was super impressed by, like Giles said, the amount of research and the amount of time and care he took in in applying for the job. It's actually interesting, isn't it? How you know you get. I was doing a, um, I did a really fun um, thing. I don't know if you saw it, John, with um, Alistair Yates organised this thing with Brian McDermott. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. So I interviewed Brian McDermott and. Kev Miller and Danny Bay talked about the championship and what a great bloke Brian McDermott is and what a fantastic, he's got a gig um, as director of football at Hibs. He was on Talk Sport this week. But, um, you know, Gary Colwell's name was, I was talking about Kevin Miller, work of Gary Colwell. And there was a couple of, of, of our younger, excitable element, obviously it had a couple of ciders. And like, when his name was read out, booed. I was, I was like, hang on a minute. Uh, Anyway, long story short, 
Brian McDermott said, he said, he said, you know, what you got to realise is, as a club, you know, in the toughest League One there's probably ever been, that for us to be where we are, not be in any trouble all season and, you know, give a few bloody noses to the likes of Barnsley and, um, well, we should have beaten Wednesday at home and that sort of thing. You know, get real, you know, and I think yeah. it's, I cannot see how anyone could criticise the, the manager based on what they've seen so far. Yeah, well, I, I've been I've been pretty open on the pod in saying that I think, although I think Matt Taylor did a, a fantastic job, he's a legend, first manager to get us promoted as a player and a manager, hero. I think we play better football under Gary. I think we look, there's obviously, there's a clear ethos, there's a way he wants to play, and it excites me because I think he's got the contacts to bring in the players that he yeah. is going to need to bring in. I, I, I agree, I think, just give him some time to, to be, like you said, to be in the position that we have been this season with going into that run of games at the end of the season, pretty much knowing we weren't going to go down was an achievement in itself. So, yeah, yeah I think you're right. I think a few... And also, well, I think, you know, I always say, because I've had the pleasure of umpiring... Matt Taylor down at our place because he, he was a great Alfredson player for, for a number of years. And I've, I've always said to people, you know, I think I'm not sure if Gary would have taken us up from League Two because, you know, Matt was very experienced at that level. And, you know, time will tell as to how far we can go under Gary. But I think, you know, it's been... A, a sort of a great journey that you had the right person to take us up. Matt gets given his opportunity He's not going to turn that down. I'm glad for him. He's stayed up, you know, and let's see what we can do under Gary next year. Well, we're going up. Subject to him having enough of a budget to, you know, actually be competitive. Are you up for answering our 10 famous questions, Giles? 10 questions, yeah. Yeah. As long as I can, I'm sure I can hear them as long as you say them nice and loudly. <laughs> Are we really that quiet? No, you're right. Actually, it's not. It's not the best, but that's all. All this end, I'm sure. Okay. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then you might want to get on my Patreon. You get early access to ad-free episodes, and there'll be videos and behind-the-scenes pics. And it's basically a place where we can all hang out together. It's a bloody friendly community, if you ask me. So, uh, yeah, if you fancy it, just go to patreon.com forward slash David L. And also, Patreon is an app that you can download onto your phone. All for the price of a coffee. Like a posh coffee. Once a month, you pay a few quid, and then you get to be an MNFC supporter. My new football club supporter, that's what that stands for. That's your thing. So, sign up at patreon.com forward slash David L. And the link is in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening. Right, back. Back to the pod. Question one. What was the first game you went to? Uh, this is even back, so I've got these actually written down here. So, question one, first game I went to was that the famous game against Workington in 1973, 8th of September, week before my birthday. I wasn't even born. Most people weren't, David. It's <laughs> 1973. But it's amazing, that, because i tell you what was incredible about that, was I remember walking up the steps of the old grandstand, standing at the top, and there... Uh, looking across at the bank and there was still some primroses or 
something was still in bloom. Looking around, it was only about 3,000 people and thinking, like literally being taken aback, you know, wow. And then you see the cr crowds now absolutely rammed in there. And you think, God, you know, that, that's just how times have changed. I'd love to go back in time, just have a look at that. Well, I've got a screensaver. It's on Homes of Football, I think it is, which literally is the ground as it was before any redevelopment. So it's like the banks there, you know, the, the, the grass bank up into the cow shed, the railway sleepers, you know, the old grounds done its glory. What's the website called? Homes of Football? Well, it's Homes of Football, www.homesoffootball. I've, I've, I've had it as my screensaver at school for God knows how many years. And they keep saying to me here, when are you going to change that screensaver? Well, I'm not going to, am I? Is what, so if I just search, I remember it. if I just search Exeter in there, yeah, there's, I think there's it's, it, there, there's a game featured against Cambridge in no, is it, no Mansfield? I think it is in nine, in 1998 or something like that. 1973. Fred Binney was, and John Wingate and what was the standard of football like back then? Um. I think the, 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 the interesting thing was, it was the best comparison is if you look at our pitch now, you know, we've, uh, that's, I mean, I know you had Ch Chaz on, didn't you, recently? But, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, I, I went to, I, 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 including cup games, I went to 20 away games this year. And ours was the best pitch by a mile. Better than Hillsborough, better than Portman Road, the whole lot. Honestly, when I was down getting the autographs on Sunday, I got a good look at it. Unbelievable. It's like a carpet, isn't it? It's amazing. Fact, the players trained on it, didn't they? So Chaz, Chaz was, has ripped up the pitch out of the cat and fiddle. And so it was on condition. He started to work early out there so the players could train at St. James Park. Right. Have so they've been training there the last couple of weeks. Have you played on there, John? Yeah, I've played on the pitch. Yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. Not, not, not since it's been redone though. Back in the days where it was a bit more uh, sort of rustic and bobbly and dry. Right. But yeah, still play, played on it. Yeah. Right. What's that game, John? That you played? Did you say? Oh, I, I just I, well, I was played as a kid a couple of times, like a couple of times in like a few tournaments and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah. That I held there, and then I played in a couple of years ago. I played in, in the, there was like a staff match held, so like I played played in that because they needed some numbers. But yeah. Okay. I've got a good story, actually, um, about playing there. So by hook or by crook, because Gilo, you know, Jimmy Giles and Alan Banks are upstairs every week, they've got a, they used to have a legends team. And uh, so they said one day, they said, oh, Giles, a bit, you know, do, you, do you want to go on the bench for an Exeter City legends team? I went, oh, yeah, you know, it's like you kind of Christmas and birthdays all roll in one. So we were playing Flyby. Um, and it was the year uh, 2011, I think it was. It was. It was a few days before we went up to Hillsborough and won at Wednesday when Troy Archibald Hemble scored up there. And I was playing against Matt Letizier. Um, and who else was it? Francis Benali and Paul Merson. Wow. So it was a brilliant moment where I was marking Paul Merson on the edge of the box and they had a corner and Paul Merson called for the ball to Matt Letizia and uh, 
and Matt went, you're marked. And, and Merce went, no, nah, just pass it to me. So he, he didn't fancy me as a marker too much that day. But um, right. oh, it was unbelievable. You know, you imagine like you, you, you're, you're in the dressing room changing, you're putting on the kit. I didn't come on till sort of half time, but to sort of warm up in the first half wearing the kit, it was just unbelievable. Wow, what, mm. what an amazing story. That's brilliant. Was Letizia good? Obviously was good. But what, was Letizia good when you were on the pitch with him? Was it was the pitch good? Was Letizia good? Oh, Letizia, yeah. yeah. But you know, he just come down for a bit of a rock, but a bit of a stroll around. But it was just well, he always you know, he could literally him. just just relax and. But yeah, he's, he was still quality. Yeah. Um, I mean, that I guess the other the other story that I always I was just telling people here earlier was, you know, I was up there during lockdown and um, Pete Furley, I think it was, was saying to me, um, he said, oh, um, you know, he said, how, how, how are you getting on? You know, I said, oh, I just can't be doing with watching my football team on iPads and iPhones. It's just not, you know, it's not, I, I, I'm a I'm a live experience person. And he said, he said, well, I'll tell you what, he said, you know, I, I know this, the club are looking for ball boys, ball boys. So I, I then did the COVID year as a ball boy. And to be inside a football ground when there was like nothing else going on at all and there was one game where i literally went up the steps in the grandstand tripped up or something and one of the commentators i think it was someone on radio devon went oh that's one of our geriatric ball boys and all this sort of stuff and and pete furley who was who was organizing he got he said he said giles i'm not happy with that he said you know do you not take offense at that sort of remark and i went i said not really i said i'm in the ground Whoever's said it's watching it on TV or listening on the radio, so that's the least of my worries, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think the last game of the season was brilliant. We had to beat Barrow to get in the playoffs, and um, we were one nil up. And unlike some of these Premier League ball boys, I thought, you know, the sort of sportsman-like thing to do was you get the ball back as quickly to the opposition as you do your home team. You know, I'm not playing that nonsense. So I, I quickly ran, ran across, picked the ball up, threw it, threw it back to a Barrow player and Jake Taylor because you couldn't hear anything there because obviously you have no crowds he shouted to oi ball boy slow it down slow it down it's brilliant you know but it was it was yeah to to, to watch some foot, live football during Covid it made you realise how much you miss it I think our crowds now are partly due to the fact that yeah. you know people when you take that out of people's lives all together you think do you know what even if people didn't go as much they think we've really missed that yeah, and that's that's part of the reason why I think our crowds have been so good since since the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's definitely had an effect on me. I kind of think, well, hang on a minute. Three years ago, you didn't have the option, so yeah, yeah, I agree. It's very important. There were tough times for a lot of people. I think COVID, not just for obviously the losses, but also mentally, people relied on these public events, like football, whatever it may be, to to stay mentally, you know well so it's, it's really important it's really good to have it back question two you sort of said it but where do you sit in the ground exactly so, um have you got a padded seat yeah yeah, yeah. have you yeah so so but i paid for it as a as an optional extra so in um november 2000 uh, I was I was working at school and I said to the school, I said, do you mind if I, have a, if I miss my double geography lesson to uh, 
upper one year four class i said I, i'd need to pop out for an hour oh yeah so it was raining and i popped out to the stand to make sure that in the in what was the ivor doble stand then the fly b now the now the selco stand ip office in the past whatever as well i went out it was raining and i made sure that my seat was far enough back that i wouldn't get wet for the game so i've had the same wow. seat those irritatingly changed its number because um they went from front to back rather than back to front so yeah i've had the same seat since the stand opened so that's 20 so it opened in january 2001 i think it was against brighton and we beat them and they were going for promotion i think at the time but how do you feel giles if you turned up and someone went no you're not sitting there anymore Giles? Oh, brilliant that happened so about, about <laughs> two games ago there was one of the easter games and it was there's someone that happened with the seats and the guy was sat in my seat and i said i said look mate i said i think you might have got the wrong seat so <laughs> really sorry so he said i'm pretty sure i said i said no mate i think you might have got the wrong seat but let me have your ticket and i showed him to his seat it was like it is and it, that, that's always a problem when you have these um like the papa john's games you know and it's like i'll oh, sit where you like yeah what are we doing with that yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Minute, so you have to kind of i've actually had andy gillard once he literally put he, i said andy could you and so he actually had a piece of like paper stuck to the back of my seat which sort of said you know this seat is reserved because you know you can't i can't sit in another seat up there <laughs> i even sat in that seat for the abba concert i had to sit in my own seat for the abba concert abba abba yeah so well, it wasn't abba it was well, just to just to put a bit of context yeah. it was um it was an abba tribute band oh, in 2019 what? but it was when right. we used to have you know we used to have People on the, they had a tribute band with hospitality, and it was in front of the of the stand, and it was fantastic. My oh, mum went to that; she loved that. Did you go to that? I, I didn't. I didn't know, but my mum and yeah, my nan, did. my nan went. No, yeah, I you did. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, you did. You should have gone, mate. Yeah, I heard it was brilliant. I heard it was Cracking really good. Night. I think I might have been. I don't know what I was doing, but yeah, I my mum and my nan went, and they loved it. So it's good. But it's quite, the other thing is quite funny that night because you know it was like so you had drinks, you could take them out into the stand. And my partner sat in what was my dad's seat and managed to knock a glass of red wine like over the bit of concrete where we sit. And I literally spent about 10 minutes thinking, oh, I hope that's going to, like, that's not going to last. I hope someone's going to clear that up. So I can't be doing with coming here for the next hour of many years seeing st red wine stains on the floor. Yeah. Giles, just, so you, you still buy your dad's seat, yeah? By the. Uh, no, what I do is, no, not quite. So my, so my, um, they used to be my dad, my stepmom, and me, and then my stepmom passed away, and I took on that one. And one of my close friends, Mark Thorne, he's now in my original seat, but I think it was a block of three. Then another friend of mine is sat in the seat that was next next to me. But as um, I've also, um, well, I've been chairman of the supporters club for a year. So what I tend to do is I use the money that my dad would have had. So we bought Harry Kite's corporate shirt sponsorship this year. So I put my, to, to add to, cause uh, yeah, otherwise it would have been an excessive number for the supporters club to spend 750 quid on whatever it was. So I, we had a, because I work on a match day, Matt Dawes in the commercial department gave us a discount. And, and then I put what my dad would have spent on a season ticket into the, into that. Yeah. I, I hope you don't mind me like asking or talking about this but i think because um basically i lost my dad last year 
And half the reason, or the main reason really, I'd started watching Exeter was to take my younger boys. Yeah. So to, to basically create father and son days yeah. out and spend that time together. And I'm sort of experiencing it now, like watching these games with my boys. And um, yeah, what's my point? I guess, how was it that first season when it was just you sat there and you've been going with your dad all that time? Um, so I remember actually, um, it was more, well, I think the problem is that my dad had not been well for a few months, so he hadn't been attending games up to right. when he passed away. But I do remember um, there was a game the Saturday after he passed away in Col against Colchester in 2019. And, you know, it, where there was sort of, the, the club were great and they, you know, they, 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 they do mention um situations like that and they said my, my dad had worked up in hospitality as well because he, he he ran a little competition that we still do up there now and um yeah i do remember that the first game after my dad passed away you know um but um but then again there's that sense of where every time you, you step and what's really nice up there it's what i love about our club so much really is that what they've got is if you come out of the trust suite onto the lip before the little bridge there's some pictures of past events of hospitality and there's my dad working up in hospitality so there's a permanent picture of my dad at, at the club yeah which is, um yeah and then there's one of me in another situation i think i was interviewing ryan harley and clinton morrison um and then that picture is there as well so every time i Every time I go to my seat, there's I can see a picture of my dad. I can see a picture of, of me with, with the players as well. Nice. So kind of a, a reminder. And, and Andy's taken some, there was some really nice, um, there was a lovely photo of, 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 of my dad and I, which was in the programme for the game after he passed away that Andy had taken. So, um, yeah, you know, I just l l look upon it that it's, it's that, that's the great thing about it, is that it's, I probably think about my dad more when I go to football than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, question three. Um, we sort of know it, don't we, your match day routine? Yeah, well, the, the other interesting bit about my match day routine is, is I've got... Um, so, I need to be at the club at half past one. So... Um, I think, right, so get your act together. So and this is again following on from my dad, really. So we go, there's a, there's a little group of us who, who meet at the Devon Hotel before the game. Now, I managed to convince everyone to go to the Devon Hotel. It's about 300 yards from where I live. But um, so we have a, a little, you know, like a, a drink and a sandwich or whatever, get ready for the game. Spend an hour sort of doing what fans do before the game, chatting about the game, you know, in our suits and whatever one of my dad's friends comes down as well from wells in somerset so he comes down and the, the chap who sits next to me phil knowles and his son harry we meet them as well so we have a little bit of a yeah quarter to 12 saturday Ooh, we're every saturday hotel, every saturday quarter to 12. six every week crack on <laughs> yeah <laughs> god that sounds lovely <laughs> yeah how many drinks oh, tuesday you night it's the imperial quarter to five Quarter How many drinks have you had by the time you get to the basket, ground? Crack on.
question question four who do you go to the games with so, um mark thorne and phil and harry knowles and chris my dad's friend they all sort of work do bits and pieces in that in hospitality as well so between us um yeah we'll, we'll generally go to all the home games and then you know to a lot of the way games one or two of us will go to those but i'm quite fortunate and although i went to university in london a lot of my friends live in the north so um you know i've been to like uh, wednesday with them and uh, Morecambe with them and so you kind of use it as a chance to meet up on the away games as well mm. your saturday sounds lovely no, I love it, mate. Absolutely. It must be. Doing that, having a drink, having a chat, having a sandwich, going up there, interviewing players, watch the game, having a drink, doing competitions. How how so, tough how tough is the off season for you, Giles, where those Saturdays are sort of like Ah, uh, great question, John. So I work it out. So when I was at school, I used to literally uh, the school were brilliant when I was working full time here. School were brilliant. I say, right. And we used to work it. So I said, right, from Saturday, as soon as the football season finished, I will be available for every Saturday for cricket. School, I'll umpire and run school cricket teams right for the term. So now I I do that or go to my club. So I've literally gone from last weekend to now I'll be umpiring on Saturday against Braunton across the road. So well, like, uh, it'll be a league. Into cricket. Is that a league wow. match? Yeah, yeah, C Division East, yeah. What's that, 50 overs? 46. 46. So it's great. You turn up, but your heart sinks when their bloke goes, uh, are you right to do both ends? Oh. God. 90, so you do 92 overs. Bang, 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 bang. That's a hard gig. That's a hard gig. So, but first team, normally it's, you know, because I I haven't played cricket for about four. I'm playing cricket in three weeks at Linton and Beautiful. Yeah. But I haven't played for about four years. But you saying that, I was like, ooh, could I turn up an umpire? Quite like that idea. Yeah, no, it's good. Keeps I used to like scoring. Quite like scoring. I'll tell you what, I worked for you. so for years at school, because you, you know, we haven't had scorers for years, I would umpire and score. So you stand out in the middle with a, with a score <laughs> for a clipboard and you're the umpire and score. Like, people used to say, I don't know how you can do that. I said, man, you just... Do it, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it rains and you're kind of covering up your sheet of paper. Oh my God. Hell. The other thing I do, John, in back to your, back to your yep. question is I do love my speedway. Oh, yes. So okay. I get down to the Gladiators down at the Coliseum in Plymouth. So Tuesday night speedway. Because Exit used to have a big speedway team, didn't they? Yeah, it used to be very big. When, unfortunately, like a lot of speedway clubs, they're... Um, my mates will love me talking about Speedway because they can't, they, they say, what do you mean you like Speedway? So I'm glad I'm on here talking about Speedway. But um, so, yeah, they the, the Falcons ended in 2005 because the rugby club, they were tenants of the rugby club and that's what happens, you know. So a lot of their tenants of Greyhound tracks or rugby clubs and then the rugby club or Greyhound stops and, you know, that's, that's the end of it. And can, can families go and watch it? Speedway, yeah, it's brilliant. I was going to say, my boys Great love night that. Out. And the Coliseum... Night? Is it an evening thing? Marshmallows, so you, go, you don't even have to go into Plymouth, which is quite quite good. What, is it an evening thing? Yeah, 7, seven o'clock. Under the lights? Night. Oh. 
Uh, I play. No. I play football at an old speedway track in in Manchester. I play at Bellevue Speedway. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, that's what. That's what their new track, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I just pitch in the middle, mate. Yeah, pitch in the middle. That's where my uni team plays. Yeah, we play there. So sometimes our games get cancelled because the speedway's being held there. So we can we can go and watch. It's it's amazing. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great track there as well, actually. Yeah, it's good. It holds quite a few people actually. I think like four thousand or something. Silly. What, so when you watch the, Speedway, the, the, the one to go to is the Grand Prix in Cardiff. So they have a Grand Prix at Car- in in the Millennium Stadium. So they literally put a track in the Millennium Stadium, closer oh. roof, forty odd thousand, fifty thousand, well, probably forty thousand actually inside tr- temporary track, and then they rip it up afterwards and put the pitch back and whatever. Amazing. Yeah, that is unbelievable. So when you watch Speedway, is it how many teams are racing on the night? Is it uh, too, that, that's, that's why I love speed. Someone said some say to me, are you into motorsport? And No, not remotely interested, but speedway is a team sport. So it's <laughs> like your football and your cricket. So literally you've got a league and on each meeting you'll have two teams racing against each other. Oh, lovely. 13 heats. That sounds but great. Mad, you know, no breaks. Speedway, no yeah, the noise, yeah, the noise is what? electric. Is well. it's the noise is so loud? It's yeah. How much crazy. is it? Uh, you can get down to Plymouth, I think, for about and it's pretty standard. Um, Eighteen quid. What you're meeting for? Right. I'm li- I'm re- I'm watching some now. The Gladiators v the Monarchs. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, it used to be it used to be really big. In, uh, I mean, my, I remember my dad talking about uh, the speedway. I don't think he ever went, but he remembers it being like huge in Exeter. So yeah. So when the speedway were British champions in, so they were like top flight champions. They had the, the greatest ride of all time. Ivan Major we used to ride for Brexit. The, the riders actually took their bikes around the pitch at a home game, not and you know just just wheeled and they went very wow. slowly around the pitch. And then the programs for the season after the Falcons won the British League were all like checkered ones so if you see you see these weird programs of like weird checks on the front of the program they what's all that about and it was it was commemoration of the of the extra falcons winning the british league in 74. we have a, a my, like part of my uni campus is also at bellevue and we have like a lot of our rooms at, i don't know if you know him charles you might not but isn't they're named after uh, peter craven yeah 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 so he, he he must have like raced for the team at bellevue at the time um and they've got his bike there and everything yeah it's quite a big memorial to him Uh, question five. five. What's your favourite away ground? Ah, well. Looking forward to this. I like old school, big grounds. So um, that's why League One, you miss out so much in League Two. So I think my favourite ever away day, or in terms of, not the result, but in terms of the occasion was when we got promoted in, 2009, first away game, we were drawn away at Leeds and we took 3,000 up to Ellen Road. And I've got a really good friend who's a Leeds season ticket holder. And, and that season, we were voted the best away fans at Ellen Road at that year, which, you know, bearing in mind, a lot of people would have taken a lot of fans there. So love Ellen Road, um, love um, Hillsborough, Fratton Park, old school old school big barns you know yeah that, that those I, know, I went to sorry john when i was at uni i used to live around the corner from the old white art lane and that i used to love going there i mean uh, partly because the memories of the 81 
Cup run. I went to the new um, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium last year to watch the we our game was called off and I went up there. I was up there anyway and watched them against Morecambe in the FA Cup. And I thought, yeah, this is the best stadium in the world. I get it. But it's not a football ground. It hasn't got a feel of a football ground. It's incredible place. It's unbelievable. But it, it hasn't got that sort of feel of history there. Yeah, I, I know quite a few people that have been to that new Tottenham ground and they've said the same. But I agree on Ellen Road. I was only fortunate enough to go to Ellen Road uh, a little a few months ago. And Ellen Road really blew me away. It's one of the only grounds, that's, other than Wembley, that's ever really blown me away with the atmosphere. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Bramwell Lane, have you been there? That was good. Yeah, I got, I got lost. At, four all. Yeah, I, I was there. I got lost at the ground that day. They put a Tannoy announcement out for me. I couldn't that find was, uh, Yeah, that was good. Dad. Yeah, great. But Hillsborough, there's always something about <laughs> Hillsborough. I mean, I love, <laughs> we went up there, you know, the, the other week. Portman Road, actually, I was really impressed with Portman Road and... and and their fans were fantastic. We stayed up there the, the night. And, um, yeah, they were really good, actually. But, yeah, those big old barns, the Ellen Roads, the um, Hillsboroughs, yeah. Yeah. Just want to clarify, it wasn't good that you got lost, John. No, no, it wasn't good that I got lost, no. But uh, <laughs> I, got, I got home no. safe, and I'm still yeah. getting down the pain. Exactly. Question six. Least favourite away ground. Here we um, go. <laughs> well, there were a load of places, you know. I mean, I don't want to say about the conference grounds because, I mean, that the grounds were what you get in the conference. But um, I'm not great fans of places like Crawley. And oh, oh, we lost you. Crawley. Uh, yeah, nothing great. Um, uh, so the other one I really is rubbish, although I think they are making improvements in where we go is the memorial ground at Bristol Road. It's just like a, this is a rugby ground. Yeah. Aw- really awkward stadium, isn't it? Some of it looks all right. And then some of it's like a gazebo that's put up. And, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Not great. Not great. What's that? Bristol Rovers. Yeah. yeah. City right. ground now is fantastic. Ashton Gate is absolutely fantastic. But unfortunately we don't get to play them too often, but that's, that's one I really want to, because we played them, didn't we? In the COVID season, we had them in the, First yeah, yeah, we cup, did. Yeah, we in couldn't the league go. Cup, wouldn't it? Yeah, we couldn't go. I was on a Saturday, wouldn't it? And um, yeah, trust us to play them, and it was no Co- to go. Yeah, but I don't yeah. like the look of Bristol Rovers. No, I, well, I was just. The, the, I mean, they played. I mean, I remember watching us um, in December '82 score a four-all draw up at Eastville, which is their old stadium, big old barn that was with a greyhound track uh, around the out. They did a bit of speedway there for a couple of years as well. But um, And then they went to, they've been a bit unlucky really, because they went to Twerton Park at Bath and that was absolutely awful as well. Yeah, it's not You great. know, but um, yeah, I'd not say Memorial Ground is the one I was just, oh, you know, not great. The, the Memorial Ground's the worst one I've done commentary from. Well, I literally yeah, I don't to, blame I li- him. I literally had to have my legs on the seat of the person in front of me because I was I, my legs wouldn't fit in. And that was what that was like in the press area, so I can't imagine what it's like for, for you know, for average Joe going. Question seven: If you could travel back in time, which game would you watch? Um. So these, there's two games I think really stand out. I would say. Um, 
the win in the conference playoff final to get us back into league. You know, I think back about it now, it just, just makes the hairs on your back of your neck stand up because the magnitude of the game, you, you just sense we couldn't go again and not go up after the disappointment the year before. What year Bond. was this? So, what year was this? 2008. Right. So what, what was your thoughts, Giles, when the Rob Edwards goal went in? Because obviously it was quite early on. It was a long time to hold on, wasn't it? It was relatively yeah. early on. No, I think, mate, it was... Um, I just... Yeah, it, it, it was... It, I don't know, the longer the game wore on, you just sensed... But yeah, it was, it was like... Uh, yeah, it was it was nerves. It was a very tough. But th that's why when we won at the end, it was just unbelievable. Because obviously that's the only time we've ever won at Wembley, and uh, so you've had the privilege yeah, yeah, of, we've of being there. Terrible. I can't stand the place. Yeah, I hate I mean, it. Yeah, as well. Let's be honest. The year before, you know, I don't know. Were you at Oxford the year before? I wasn't. At, I wasn't at the first two. So the year before, so we got in the playoffs. First time we'd ever been in the playoffs of any standard. We were one of the last teams of, to ever get in any playoffs. And um, so we lost at home to Oxford like we lost at home to Torquay the year after. And then we beat them on penalties up there in front of 12,000. It was absolutely rammed. And you, the, I think the, the worry about that game was was that we just thought we'd done the job. We'd beaten Oxford on penalties. The players went up to Wembley in their suits and this, that and the other. And it just, when it didn't go right, and this is why I, I took massive pleasure at sending Morecambe down at the weekend because people like that really don't want to send Derek Adams down. Well, yeah, we do. But equally to me, we needed to, to pay them back for when we should have got promoted. You know, I mean, I say we should have got promoted. I'm sounding like a bit of a tourist there because it was like, well, we've got more fans than you at Wembley. Look at our 25,000 and we're bound to win. Well, it doesn't work like that, you know. So the year after, in, in a smaller crowd, the players went up in tracks. We actually bumped into him in um, Burger King at Reading Services on the way back. The players, it was just... I'll never forget that day as long as I live. Sounds mm. amazing. Mm. I mean, you know, when we're talking about, you know, I, I literally, you know, remember, I remember when I was interviewing Brian McDermott, Danny Bailey and Kev Miller the other week and my memories of that championship, yeah, you literally remember everything. So I'll never forget a season. That will always be the best season ever but I just think that game and the other one the other game which has to be mentioned is um, 1981 quarterfinals the FA Cup against Spurs when you know there was one the West Stand at Spurs was a building site and they still packed 40,000 into and that was a proper ground White Hart Lane was a proper ground and we took about eight or nine thousand up there and lost two nil um, but it was like I don't think we'll ever play in a game as big as that. We've never got past the third round of the FA Cup since then. So you think that to get to the quarterfinals, to match that team of 1931 was, when I, unfortunately I wasn't around, um, was that was a special, special day, you know. Charles, I don't think we've had a fan as big as you on the pod. No, I agree. Before. I don't think we have. A fan as what, sorry? As big as you. As... Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think we I have. Think, we probably had about 10, 15 extra fans on this pod. I don't think any can compare to your sort of knowledge and enthusiasm. And No. Can you imagine yeah, how I mean, they're feeling all, right all, now? all my mates are, are 
Stato, our Stato. I mean, it was brilliant because when I did those interviews the other week, it was like, it was a classic. Because, like, you know, so I'm a fan. So if you're talking about that championship year, I remember, you know, the Sunderland game, 2 up, drew to all. We were one quarter of an hour away from the quarterfinals of the uh, of the League Cup. And the Norwich game, when Robert Fleck scores in the last minute after we went 1-0 up after eight and all that sort of stuff. And you talk to the players about it. And Danny Bailey was like going, Sunderland game? Because <laughs> like to us, it's been printed in your brain, you know, that whole season, you know, we went the whole league campaign, didn't lose uh, a single game. And yet to them, it's a season in their career, albeit it was an important one. But you just, you know, it was just literally, I, I, I could, that all that season is in, is, is imprinted in your, in my brain, you know, and mm. I don't, and, and that was a comp, although we messed up against, you know, in that last game of the season last year, and I sort of was clutching at straws, sat in a pub talking to a Port Vale fan after the game at end of last. I thought, can uh, say is, is that season? You know, if we'd have won the title, it would have been amazing, and all the rest of it. But that season still was, or still got the edge because we won our won the title in eighty nine ninety. So, um, I, I know you two are both probably far too young for that, but. No, I'm just behind you. <laughs> John certainly will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, those those sound like my dad talks about them so fondly as well. So yeah, they sound like amazing times. When's your dad coming on the pod? He's don't think he's ever going to come on the pod. Okay. <laughs> Question number eight. Who doesn't have to be an extra player? Who's um, the best oh, player you've seen in the actually. flesh? So, um, George Best. What? Yeah, unfortunately, not as my dad saw, you know, back in. So, one of the greatest games in our history was, and Alan Banks will tell you this, when we scored first against the Man United in the FA Cup third round, 1969. They all played Charlton, Nobby Styles, a whole lot of them. But I saw George Best. Um, when he was down at Fulham or played at Fulham and he was they played down the road at Home Park and um, we lived at Ashburton so um, you know if, if City weren't playing because we, they were in the championship then and you know um, it, there wasn't quite the same the same feeling between the two clubs because we were Division 4 and they were in Division 2 so you know if there was a really good game you might venture down there um, so yeah, George Best, Rodney Marsh, Glenn Hoddle was fantastic. Wow. Paul Gascoigne, saw him a few times. Wow, you know, my, my my neighbour, I was chatting to him on um, at the weekend. He played against Paul Gascoigne. Yeah, he, he was. Um, yeah, I remember still scoring a goal at Wembley against Albania with a mazy run. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah, very good. I watched I watched a little highlights package of Glenn Hoddle in the week a few days ago. He was amazing, wasn't he? Yeah. So great. I've seen him when I was living when I was up at uni, seeing him and Chris Waddle for Spurs. Yeah. Um and they were yeah, exceptional. Question nine, worst experience you've had at a game? Oh, absolute cracker. 
So, um, well, two, I'll go back to that Morecambe game. So I don't think I've ever been as distraught as when we lost at Wembley that first time. Right, Giles, Giles, from that. What did what did that look like? You being distraught? Are you crying? Are you angry? I was at just school. quiet. I was a zombie for the next week. Were you? I, mean, I had to leave the classroom a couple of times to pull myself together. I couldn't cope. <laughs> it was just awful. It was just. I can think about it now. I remember <clears throat> the day after coming into school and thinking, I can't cope with this. I can't do it. Excuse me, sir. Where? Did... Oh, he's gone again. No, he's gone. He's just <laughs> got to step out the room. <laughs> But the probably in terms of yeah, so that was awful. Losing to them was absolutely awful that day. But um, great story um, in FA Trophy days. So my dad and I thought, what we're going to do? We're going to see City away at Kings Lynn. Do you know Kings Lynn from Exeter? Must be three twenty miles. Get to get to the outskirts of Kings Lynn. Yeah. And um, listen to radio. Get, uh, match postponed, waterlog pitch, two o'clock, literally in Kingsland. So we've driven 330 miles to Kingsland. Oh so right, okay then. So drove to the social club at Kingsland, bumped into a load of City fans that I knew. Literally, I remember it now. We had a, a, a pie and a pint, got in the car, drove all the way back again, and I was having it, we were having steak in the in the beef eater at Countess Square about nine o'clock. So literally just spent the whole day driving to King's Lynn and back for a, p- a pint and a... Ugh. I thought you were going to say you were going to have food poisoning on the way home. <laughs> but I still say that I, on reflection, yeah, the Morecambe game was, I, yeah, I don't think I'll ever get over that. Oh, you must have been quite happy on Saturday then or Sunday. Yeah, yeah, that was, that's why it meant... Yeah, I had to be very careful actually because I was in hospitality doing my bit on the mic, and I I always do. Yeah, you, you you want our club to to have a bit of class about us. I always welcome any visitors, and I say, you know, we've got any visitors here today. You're very welcome. Yeah, let's give our visitors a round of applause. I always I always you know um, never impressed with people who boo our visitors. It's just so poor. Um, and I said, and there was a Morgan fan. I said, I said, I hope you don't mind me saying. I said, you know, Derek Adams not not you know. The, best bloke down here after saying we lacked ambition and we're never going to go anywhere and I said but unfortunately on a personal note I said this is an opportunity for a game that is still in my mind from 2007 so I said you know I said I'm sorry I said but I, I really want us to win today did Derek Adams say that is that on a video or is that in print yeah he said he said he in said, video, yeah, yeah. said extra lack ambition I've got to watch that you know, all they're interested in is selling young players last year. I think his exact quote was something on the lines of, I don't think my club would be happy with being like That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. But he didn't um, very last very long at that club. No, he did not last very long. Was it Bradford? But I'll tell you what's funny on Sunday, because you know we had that situation in the FA Cup where we had the extra sub and had to replay the game. Yeah. yeah. On Sunday, it was like... Yeah, same know. thing again. We've made six substitutes. Yeah. Of course, one of them was they had a concussion, didn't they? Oh, so yeah. So that meant we could do six of up. Here we go again. We're going to have six substitutes against the Derek Adams. Right. More substitutes than we're allowed to have. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, you know, Alex Hartridge... was put at rest. Alex Hartridge was pulled off after 35 minutes on Sunday. No, I don't, he, was, he wasn't very happy, was he, about that? No. And he was, oh. uh, as I understand it, he was hooked for performance. Yeah. Wow. 
which is quite yeah. quite ruthless of the boss. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He certainly he knows boss. You know who's boss. He has got that in him as well. He, he dragged Jack Sparks at halftime. Or, yeah. No, not even halftime. Was it like yeah. a bit before that one? So he's, yeah. he's, he's got it in him. Yeah. He expects very high standards, which is kind of his fans. What you want, isn't it, really? It's exactly what you want. Because yeah. like, I think the great thing about us, I mean, I thought for him as a manager, the performance we put in at Sheffield Wednesday with the players out and the tactical masterclass we put in up there, the only frustrating thing was how we completely ditched that masterclass against Ipswich and we're 5-0 down in half an hour but <laughs> it is what it is yeah. I think he tried to be fair to him I think what well, he was very clever after the game wasn't he because in his interview he said he said we I will take full responsibility you know for what happens at the game and um we were coming on the way back saying well you know perhaps he ought to have said something about he got his system slightly wrong or whatever because we did do something slightly different up there but I think we then thought to himself, well, if you start saying that and you say, you know, I got it all wrong, it just gives the players a complete, oh, no, we don't have to worry about it. So I think, you know, he's quick, quick to remind them that, all right, tactically, it might, and we did change things. We looked a lot better in the second half, but his message was, well, some of you didn't do what I'd asked you to do. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they've got to take responsibility. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a bit like that on the pod, the way I run this podcast with John. Sort of uh, keep him on his toes. Keep me on my toes, yeah. Always, always keep me on my toes. That's what the listeners want. Uh, David, when we get after the end of the questions, remind me about your interview on Hawksby and Jacobs. I I I will come back to that at the end. Oh my God, what did I say? Oh God. Question, final question. What's oh here we go. If you don't give us a fact. Oh, you're gonna love this one. If oh. we've heard it before, then I have to give you a fact. Alright. Okay. Alright. So no have way. you heard the significance of 13 at our club then? No. <laughs> no. Alright? No, no. Okay. <laughs> so you can often look at momentous this is a brilliant one. You can often look at momentous events in the club's history based on 13 years. All right. So promotion, 64, 77, 90. FA Cup run, 1981, relegated, 1994 from League, what, what is now League One. Um, there's, there's another one as well I was looking at the other day. Um, so uh, is it 2000? And, so promoted 2022 and promoted 2009. That's 13, isn't it? So there's a lot of, so a lot of my life I've gone, hang on a minute, that's 13 years on from that. So it's not necessarily, it's a momentous year. So it could be relegation. It could be a Wembley visit. It could be, so there's a lot of these 13s. But the first three promotions to be 13 years apart is quite incredible. Wow, that's a great fact. That is an excellent Relegation fact. 94, Wembley 2007. Okay, so I'm now thinking what happened 2011? Anything? 2011. Was that the year that Ryan Harley well, yeah, scored? Yeah, 2011 was our highest ever finish in the top four uh, divisions. Match 1988. Okay, so 13 years on for that is next year. We're Bang. either going down or no. we're going up. <laughs> no, exactly. no, FA Cup run, court finals again. It must be due. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, I'll tell you what it could be. 
a cheeky little Papa John's trophy <laughs> win at Wembley. Oh yeah, that would that wouldn't be so Wembley. That's a great fact. The thirteen fact. So if you look back, there's all sorts of little ones. So there's yeah. As I say, it doesn't have to be. It, it could be relegation followed by you know. Yeah. Cup runs. It could be a cup run. It could be relegation. It could oh, be Wembley great. game. It could be all sorts. That's, yeah. a, that's a brilliant little fact. Yeah. For thirteen years. Right now, the question on everyone's lips, Giles, is what did what was wrong with David's interview? What's that? Sorry. What was what was the Hawksby and Jacob interview problem? Oh, the Hawksby Jacob. Uh, yeah. So I was. So I, I've been in correspondence with Naomi about this interview. I was really looking forward to it, and actually, I did enjoy David on there. I'd love to enjoy anyone talking about Exeter City because Hawksby and Jacob's are top blokes as well. And um, I remember I'm actually, for a he was up at um, Barrow last year. Was um, Roger Hamilton Kendall was interviewed. Anyway, so they was talking about our season and David was like, going, oh, it's getting a bit boring now because it's like mid-table and we're not going up. We're not, I'm like going, uh, David, yes. I'm not being funny, mate. This is as good as it gets. So like going away in these, you know, playing these much bigger games, decent away support, mid-table, this is like amazing mid-table. Mid-table League 2, I get it, but I was thinking, no, 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 mate, this is... This is <laughs> This is as good as it gets. Okay. There you go, David. You've been told exactly what everyone right. thinks of you yeah. knowing about a mid-table finish. Do you know what? I'll hold my hands up. I'll go, listen, this is the first time I've experienced mid-table and I found it so boring, Giles. I had um, to find, I had to what, find reasons in each just, match. Just, just to kind of put a bit of history. So I worked it out uh, once that... In my time supporting the club between... So this is what a lot of the young fans have never had it so good because they used to top half finishes. But I remember when I started supporting the club in 73 to about... Oh, until we got relegated in 2003, that we'd only had about six top half finishes. So we're even finishing... We're finishing the bottom half year after year after year. <laughs> oh, yeah, but... You had relegation battles, which were probably quite exciting. Yeah, they are, but it, it depends what the outcome is. You know, relegation <laughs> battles are right, but, it, but at least not you're great feeling something. Go out the league, but at least you're feeling something. I felt I felt dead for two months. I was like, we can't get in the playoffs. We've survived. We're we're very yeah. very comfortable. So you have to find little stories within each game, don't you? About like Sunday was good because your Morecambe needed to win, and obviously Plymouth. But some of the games, like, who's who's playing here? Why are they playing? Well, that's where the away games come into their own, really. You know, I went to Sheffield Wednesday. I mean, my my favourite away game this year, I have to say, was probably Barnsley because it was like to beat a side that's an ex-championship side that kind of sent out a massive yeah. signal that we, we mean business. And it was, you know, and that was still when, we, when, when we'd lost... Matt Taylor, so we hadn't had yeah. a new manager yet. You're thinking, is this all going to fall apart? And it was like, well, no, actually, it isn't going to fall apart because we got some good players. Mm. So that was Kevin Nicholson up there. We won two up there. It was unbelievable. You were that up there, weren't you, John? Goals. Were you up there, John? Yeah, I went. I went. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant was job, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, and the day was, I mean, brilliant to beat Barnsley, but it was capped off by two Stano goals. Absolutely. Made, made the day. Well, I mean, there people in tears around me. It was beautiful. Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah. The, yeah, sure. that was one of the best games of the season and yeah, I'll tell you what the, you know I know we lost down at home part but one of the things we can say about this year is if you ask anyone 
around the countries watched a lot of football on TV, they're hard pressed to find a better game than that one. You know, in terms of that game at Home Park was was such a great advert for League One for us. Dare yeah. I say it for them? But yeah, it was just it yeah. said well, actually there is some proper football played in that part. Like mm. the atmosphere, amazing. By RM was unbelievable yeah. that night. But Charles, I want to ask one more question. Me and John did a podcast episode last night where we got people to phone in and tell us which players they want Exeter to sign this summer. If if you, from your knowledge, if you could choose one player that you've seen, League Two, League One, wherever, who would you pick? Well, I'll tell you what, interesting one is... Um... Obviously not so, you know, we're not, we're looking at a player who plays for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the interesting one, and it will be an exact contract is Cole Stockton at Morecambe. That's, my, that was that's what John said. I know he's not been great this year, but he's been released. You know, I'm thinking, if you've seen some of his goals, he's, he scored wonder goals. Yeah, he, he was my top pick yesterday. Oh, he was my top priority. Yeah. yeah. He, I, I looked at him, he's out of contract. I'm like thinking, okay... I mean, on Sunday, he wasn't at the right. Oh, no, he scored a brace, didn't he? No, but he wasn't. Yeah, but I thought, I, we haven't seen the best of him this year. But you saw the goals he scored for them. in a. I always think players who score goals in poor teams, you know, when they haven't got service, they're feeding off scraps. The, the team has, you know, relatively low level, uh, low percentage levels. If, if you're scoring some of the goals that he scored, he literally single-handedly won games from last year. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine something like, well, obviously, imagine it, but would, would a signing like that happen at Exeter? I don't know because I think, and you know, and this is where the reality kicks in. I think I don't know what John thinks about this, but for me, this year is a massive benchmark year, and maybe next year as well. In terms of, you know, we all know about budgets, and we all know that you know there's Pompey's budget is twice ours, and Plymouth's is two million more than them, and Charlton's is nine million, and Ipswich is twelve million, and we're sort of around the, I guess, the two million or whatever it is. And it's, it's just you have to seriously look whether, because all these teams have, uh, the teams near the top have spent more time in the championship. They got benefits of their deal. You know, championship clubs get eighty percent of advertising or Sky re- revenue and all this sort of stuff. That. Um, it's, it's a test of whether we can continually compete. All right, do it one year. Can you do it? Can, can we actually turn ourselves into a, a club like, I guess, someone like Lincoln, who you can't who always see now far too much to go down. They might not mm. set the world light in the league. Can we do that? And I think, you know, I would expect people to, you know, if, if, if the manager is, is carrying on, he's signing good players and all the rest of it, you're thinking, yeah, yeah. That'll be the big test, really. Yeah, I think it's important to... I think next season is going to be the most important one. I think it's relatively... Not easy, but it's easier to stay up in your first season because people aren't so sure about the way you play, your style of football, your players, whatever. But once people catch on in second season, you see how many teams struggle in the second season. Like, second season syndrome is such a big thing. So I think next season is going to be massive. If we can then be... And with new players... New players, new manager, yeah. all sorts. Yeah, and see how good his signings are, won't you? As well, okay. yeah. I mean, I think to be fair to him, you know, he's he's sort of he's made this thing about. He said, right, what we got to do is is we've got to maximize everything. So be it the diet, training routine, sleep patterns, whatever it is. So you know, you are getting 
the maximum out of of your players, you know. And it was interesting that when you think of, you know, when Harry Kane's been on recently saying, you know, we just got in some really bad habits. Think, what on earth are they doing up there? You know, so you think that, yeah, I've got faith in him that whatever we've got, he will make the most out of that. But it's a question of, you know, has he got enough resources just to bring in? Because, you know, we all know that for a long time and it's made sense in a lot of ways that, you know, when we earn money from a transfer fee, you know, that m- money goes into a big infrastructure pot whereby, you know, um, you use that for the stand, for the training ground and this, that and the other. So, you know, it, but then equally, I get it, you can't chuck it all into the playing budget because, say, if you do go down, you've then got those contracts to pay for, suddenly you lose crowds. So it's a very fine balance oh, in that. But yeah, just hope it? that the manager's got enough. He yeah. thinks he's got enough in his toolbox, if you like, to... And I think he he thinks that, but I think we got a supporters club meeting tonight. And I'm gonna we had Nick Corker came to our meeting, had a really good chat with Nick about state of the club and going forward and what we're doing. Really good uh, in March, so I think we're gonna get. I've spoken to Gary already. He's gonna come to our meeting in November, and when you get him in a smaller group, you can really find out you know how he thinks it's going and whether he's got the support that he needs. Yeah. Are you agent Andy? No. <laughs> Thank you. Is that an X-ray? Is it something? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't do it. Funny enough, it's like I try and avoid all that sort of stuff because yeah. it just, I don't know, I, I can just, I, mean, I, I remember that well, somebody sent me one thing after the Port Vale away game. Went, all right, we were poor. And somebody sent something back and it was like, oh, Colwell, what a ridiculous appointment. He's And it was like, you know, something like that just, grates me so much that I think I remember it's a, it's a good story so up at Bristol this Rose, is something Agent Andy would say so by we, the way. Were, we were 2-0 up at Bristol Rovers went 3-2 down right yeah so at 3-2 down bloke behind me said um, I don't know why we appointed Cobble all the Chesterfield fans on social media blah 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 I think he's this that and the other and I went I, but you're not mentioning the fact he got Wigan promoted from this league didn't say anything. Oh. Of course, we went, we went four three at the end of the game. I turned around to mate, you know, sort of said, "Anything to say about the manager now, mate? You quite happy with him now?" Just didn't say anything. People just are very quick to kind of have this sort of knee-jerk, ludicrous comments, and they and, and they also want to want to inflict that rubbish on other people. So mm. I can't be doing with it. I, you know, if, if if the team have been poor and you'll 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 say it, but that doesn't mean say you have to sack the manager. It doesn't mean you say you have to get rid of all the players. You know, you've got to you, you've got to be in it for the long haul, haven't you? Yeah, indeed. Giles, thank you very much for coming on today. Thank you. Pleasure. Great. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed it. Oh, I loved it. Brilliant. Love that. There's some free publicity for the school as well. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. And I uh, hope to see you both at a game. Well, we, we, we're counting down already to, to the fixtures, aren't we? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I, I just can't wait to see who comes in. Comes in. I'm the yeah. transfers. Oh, well, exciting. Excited. Yeah. Cheers, Giles. Thanks, Thanks Giles. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Take care. Up the city. Yeah. Up the city. Bye. 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 B